Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Main Menu for the 11th of March, 2016. I'm your co-host, Jason Castingway. In this week's show, we will start out with Janine Stanley in a presentation she calls the Digital Assistant Smackdown. (laughs) I like it. The three assistants she demonstrates are Siri, Google Now, and Hound, and she does a great job giving some background and then showing us how they perform including how they perform against one another. Next, we have guest Shelley Brisbane on board, and she tells us about her book called iOS Access for All, your comprehensive guide to accessibility for iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch. I like that not only does it include the accessibility features of voiceover, but it includes all of the accessibility features and gives in-depth explanations of how they work. I think this is a great resource, and it has been recently updated for iOS 9. Finally, we will hear from Carrie Schaefer, and she comes to us and talks about and demonstrates the file browser and music streamer apps produced by Stratospherics. Oh yes, and Randy Rusnak comes to us demonstrating a neat little feature in Hound. It's a pretty full show, so let's get started. everyone, this is Janine Stanley, and today I'm going to be doing sort of a smackdown bout with the three digital assistants that are out there. Now, there are a lot of these digital assistants popping up, but the three that we're going to take a look at today are Siri, Google Now, and Hound. And I will tell you a little bit about each of those before we get into our smackdown contest. So we all know about Siri, and we all know how to invoke Siri, so I'm not going to set off everybody's Siri by doing that, but since iOS 9, you have been able to do this in the background, basically having Siri running all the time, and you can invoke Siri anytime you want with the magic phrase and your question. You can also turn on and off those sounds, the double beeps that you hear with Siri. I find those really helpful, actually, to know that Siri's actually working. You can also change the voice on Siri, which is a good thing for those of us who are not fans of Samantha. Our next competitor is Google Now, and the voice for this one uh, person on the internet calls her Google Griselda, and uh, I actually like the voice, so I'm not sure what that says about me, but uh, the self-voicing part of Google Now is uh, called Voice Search, if you are actually looking in the app, and it has a key phrase also to invoke it. The one issue with Google Now, and you'll see it in our demo, is that voiceover tends to interfere with it a bit. So you are going to have to either turn your speech off with a three-finger double tap, and that's just the the voice off, not voiceover completely off, or you'll have to put two fingers on the screen as the results are being announced. So we'll show you a little bit about that as we go through our questions. Other than that, Google Now is actually um, pretty interesting, and the whole app is actually really interesting if you're part of the Google universe or even if you aren't. It's actually an interesting app, and it's free to download, and it has a lot of other functionality besides the searching and whatnot. 
Our final app is a newcomer to the digital assistant space. It's called Hound, and it's from the people who bring you SoundHound. It is a free app, and it is a voice search. It's also a text-based search. Its claim to fame is that it is very fast, and as you'll see, it actually is fairly fast. The voice for Hound, it is a self-voicing app, and the voice is Samantha. And as you will see, and this may be a peculiarity to my system, but the uh, self-voicing part is really loud, and there is no way to control the volume of it within the app. So if anybody has the secret to controlling the volume of various things, um, I've adjusted my sound volume, my voiceover volume, etc., and that has made no impact on the loudness of this self-voicing. And, and this happens to me in other self-voicing apps, too. So... Um, just a note, because I know that a lot of sighted folks who don't use voiceover and maybe don't even use the sounds on their phone probably have them turned way, way down. Um, but for the rest of us who use them, we have them up, and that makes the self-voicing apps really noisy. Let's let the fun begin. And we will see the glitches of each of these. And through the magic of editing, I'm going to try not to edit out all of the flaws and explain some of the ones that I do have to edit out because you'll be bored to death if I don't. So we're going to start with our favorite digital assistant, the one that comes in the iOS universe, of course, Siri. I am using an iPhone 6S with iOS 9.2.1 and eagerly awaiting iOS 9.3. And I am going to hold my phone. I have my phone plugged into my mixer here. So I'm going to go ahead and hold my phone probably about six inches away from me or so, six or eight inches away from me when I do this. So we'll see how this works. And here is our first question. Hey, Siri, who was the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes in the 2007 football season? Sorry, milady. I know a lot of sports stats about Ohio State, but I don't know the answer to that one. Oh, how interesting. Hmm. Now, you heard him call me milady. That's because I set up my phone to call me that. Yes, don't even ask. But being a Game of Thrones fan, I find it very nice. That's his answer. Now, he has actually answered the question for me before when I tested everything for this demo. So, now, in between questions, I am going to push my home button so that I've got a clean start for Siri because sometimes he doesn't always go back to a clean start. So I'm going to push the home button. Calendar. Sunday. And we'll silence that. Hey Siri, how many liters are there in five gallons? Five gallons is 18.93 liters. Hey Siri, what time is it in Seattle, Washington? In Seattle, Washington, it's 9.28. Oh, didn't tell me a.m. or p.m., but it is 9.28 a.m. in Seattle, Washington. Hey, Siri, how do you spell plethora? Plethora? P-L-E-T-H-O-R-A. Hey, Siri, define plebeian. Plebeian means a commoner. Our next contender is Google Now. And we're going to go to the Google app. It's just called Google. It's not called Google now. It's just called Google on the screen. And it does have 3D touch if you're using an iPhone uh, 6S. Google. Blind apps folder. Google. There we go. And we're going Double to first tap touch on that. Quick search. Google. Quick search. Voice search. 
There's our voice search, and I'm just going to double tap on that. Voice. Who was the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes for the 2007 college football season? Here is information from Wikipedia. Who was the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes for the 2007 Now, you can hear that Google actually kind of tripped over itself. The self-voicing part gave us a note to look for a web search, and then voiceover kind of came on. So I'm just going to swipe here, and we'll see what we have. Clear. Button. Selected. Web. Images. Maps. News. Videos. Shopping. Books. 2007 BCS National Championship Game. Yes, that was an unfortunate uh, incident that we won't talk about for you Louisiana fans. I believe that was our Louisiana year, and we're not even going to talk about that. (laughs) Anyway, okay, Google, how many liters are there in five gallons? Five U.S. liquid gallons equals 18.927 liters. Okay, Google, what time is it in Seattle, Washington? The what time, time in Seattle, Seattle was 9.31 a.m. Double tap to edit. Okay, Google. How do you spell Cancel. plethora? Plethora. How do you spell plethora? P-L-E-T-H-O-R-A. Search field. Double tap to edit. O-R-A. Okay, Google. Define plebeian. Okay, there we Double go. So. We can hear in this example that voiceover kind of gets in the way of our digital assistant here, but she did pretty well at all of our questions. So let's go to Hound. Calendar, doc, Hound. Double tap to open. Hound, text search, button. Now you will come up in Hound in a text search. But I'm going to, I have Hound already set, and it comes actually preset this way, to go ahead and recognize. Okay, Hound, who was the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes during the 2007 college football season? Showing search results for, who was the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes during the 2007 college football season? Okay, so we're going to go ahead and swipe. Ohio State Buckeyes football, Wikipedia, the first... HTTPS, the Ohio State Buckeyes football team is collegiate football. Ellipsis. My goodness, nobody has gotten the answer to this yet. (laughs) It was Todd Beckman, by the way. All righty. Now we're going to try our next question. Okay, Hound. How many liters are there in five gallons? 18.927 liters. Okay, Hound. What time is it in Seattle, Washington? It is 9.32 a.m. in Seattle, Washington. Okay, Hound. How do you spell plethora? Plethora is spelled P-L-E-T-H-O-R-A. Okay, Hound. Define plebeian. Definition of plebeian, one of the common people. There we go. Now, there are a couple other things you can do with Hound. Okay, Hound. Get me a ride to 300 Polaris Parkway. Sure, an UberX can take you from here to 300 Polaris Parkway Westerville in 16 minutes for about 13 US dollars to 18 US dollars. Do you want to book it? No. The Uber request has been canceled. 
This is really handy for people who, say, may have trouble typing or are new to the iPhone and really need to use Uber, like my husband, who refuses to get a smartphone. So there is a look at our digital assistants and how each works. For my money, Siri and Hound do really well at not being interfered with by voiceover. Sometimes, though, Google Now actually has better and quicker answers. So it really depends on what kind of thing you want to do with a digital assistant and how you want to use them. And let's give our digital assistants one more thing to do. Hey Siri, tell me a joke. Milady, get serious. Ha ha! Alrighty then. Okay, now we'll go to Google. Lineups folder. Google. Quick search. Voice search. Voice search. Tell me a joke. Button. Tell me a joke. Search field. Double tap to edit. I don't think she knows any jokes. Let's swipe on the screen. Clear. Button. Selected. Web. Images. Maps. News. Videos. Shopping. Books. Siri, tell me a joke. No, a funny one. The New York Times. Heading level three. Link. Oh, and there's an article about jokes. Alrighty. So Calendar. let's go to Hound. 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 Double tap. Hound. Text search. Button. Okay, Hound. Opens text search. Tell Button. me a joke. What was the only invention more important than the first telephone? The second telephone. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> Okay, well, I asked for it. So there we go. I do want to show you just something fun, and I'm pretty sure Google now does not do this, so we will not tax her, but... Okay, Hound. Rap for me. Here is the rap that is in theaters. Oh, dear. I don't think I even want to search on that. Okay, Hound. Beatbox. Beatbox is a song by the British group Art of Noise. Alrighty, moving on to Siri. Hey Siri, rap for me. Okay, here goes. I wrote this one myself. Apologies in advance to the Sugar Hill gang. I said a hip hop, save me from the clippy, the peak, peak and pop and you don't stop. Spass a rocket to the pong pong the doji, say up jump the doozy to the rhythm of the ontology. <coughs> I can't even go there. Alrighty. And finally, hey Siri, beatbox. Here's one I've been practicing boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. I could do this all day. Cats and boots and 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 cats. That gets stuck in my head, unfortunately. All right, that is our little tour of digital assistants and the great digital assistant Smackdown for 2016. This has been Janine Stanley for Main Menu. Hi, Randy. Hi, Jason. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, yeah, too. Same here. Well, Shelly, welcome to Main Menu. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I understand that you have made an update to the book you released. I'm trying to remember when it was first released, but I don't, unfortunately. So maybe the, you can The tell first me. edition was in May of 2014, and it covered iOS 7. Okay. And the new edition, which just came out last week, covers iOS 9, and I did one in between. So this is the third edition of my book, iOS Access for All, Your Comprehensive Guide to Accessibility for iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch. Very good. Okay. And from what I understand in your email, it 
doesn't just cover voiceover and the screen magnification. It covers a lot more. No, one of the things I wanted to do was cover all of the accessibility tools that Apple includes. And I've arranged that in chapters. So there's a very hefty voiceover chapter, but there's also one for low vision users, as well as for those who with hearing impairments and with cognitive and motor disabilities. And I arrange them by chapter so that you don't have to read material that you're not interested in, but you can easily find what you're looking for. There are also chapters that cover both the built-in apps that Apple provides and a bunch of recommendations for third-party apps. And the way I handle accessibility in those chapters is to just include all of the relevant accessibility bits, assuming that you've read the parts of the book that apply to whoever you are in terms of accessibility needs. And then I give guidance about whether and how apps are accessible and hopefully in a comprehensive way. That's great. Could you tell me what format your book is in? I'm sure it has quite a few formats now. Maybe not as as many as some people would like. Its base format is EPUB, and that's the format that iBooks uses, by the way. So if Mm -hmm. you get books from the iBooks store, those are in EPUB, but EPUB can also be read on your Mac or Windows computer or in iOS in a variety of apps. And so the idea is that's the that's also the base format for Daisy. I don't have it in a, in a Daisy book format, but you can use a Daisy player like the stream to uh, read the book. And that was kind of the basis for that. And that also makes it perfectly accessible because everything is tagged and all the headings right. work. And cool. uh, I also have a PDF edition, which I put out because a lot of people wanted it. I think there are people out there who are unfamiliar with EPUB and let me take this opportunity just as an, an editorial uh, insert to, to say that if you are not used to using EPUB or if you've not done it before and you're a loyal to PDF, uh, I will tell you that EPUB is, is not as hard as it seems. There are plenty of apps out there that will read it, and I think you will be rewarded by improved navigation and accessibility. But I do provide both formats so that folks who... Uh, want PDF uh, can use that as well. Yeah, I'm sure you could use like Voice Dream Reader and some of these fine apps out there. Yes, to, yeah, absolutely. Cool. And that way you get a chance to choose whatever voice that you'd like. And I understand just to, uh, for a brief moment of straying a little bit, I guess there's an improvement coming for Voice Dream Reader at some point. So that'll be cool. Yep, that beta is uh, coming near the end of the cycle, as I understand. Yeah. So. What prompted you to start this book in the first place. Well, my background is a, as a journalist in technology. I've worked in the mainstream world. I worked for Mac User Magazine and have freelanced for most of the mainstream Mac magazines for years and years. I was a Mac person before it was cool, as they say. <laughs> and so as a, a person with low vision, I've always had accessibility or accommodation needs, but I've always sort of figured those things out for myself and bootstrapped them myself. And I just was looking around with iOS and all of the great strides that blind folks especially, but people with all sorts of disabilities have made in terms of being able to use a smartphone because of iOS. And I thought, well, you know, there's not a lot of real comprehensive guidance out there for somebody who is new to iOS and maybe doesn't have that background of having used voiceover on the Mac. Maybe they just go, well, I hear the iPhone's accessible. Let me try it. And so I felt like there was a need out there. There are other folks that have done great resources both online and in terms of books and I felt the the two things at issue there were that I wanted to bring my background as a as a journalist and as a writer to the experience I've written a lot of books that teach people how to do mainstream things in terms of mac web mac usage and web development and wireless networking and I so I felt like I had some skills to offer there and the other thing was I felt like the other disability needs I start with low vision because that's who I am 
uh, I felt like those weren't really addressed in some of the voiceover specific resources. And so all of a sudden I felt like, why don't I just do a comprehensive guide to iOS and combine all those things? And so that's kind of where that came from. Great. Now, do you uh, give feedback to Apple what your discoveries are? Like if uh, there's something that is not working quite right or if you think something should be improved, do you uh, give that feedback to Apple? Well, a lot of people give feedback to Apple. I mm-hmm. guess the issue is the extent to which Apple takes it in. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. not being critical there. I'm just saying that it is not exactly a straightforward process to give feedback to Apple. I've, I've done that. And I have been asked to give my feedback, which is generally how that works. So that, that's a slightly snarky answer to your question. But um, <laughs> I've, I've also uh, made the book available to folks within Apple if they would like to have a look at it and say, you know, this is, you know, and, and uh, I've had some small amount of feedback from them, not so much about the book, but there's been a little give and take there. I, you know, would I like to sit down across the table from them and just chat about voiceover bugs? Sure, but that doesn't happen. So Right. right. <laughs> and where can people go to learn more about the book and get the download my book is at iosaccessbook.com and you can buy the book from that site in epub version or you can go use a link from that site or you can search the iBook store and, and buy it from iBooks okay the, so yeah basically my website and you'll also by the way find a full table of contents there as well as a free sample chapter i haven't updated the chapter for iOS 9. I am working really quickly to do that. But if you want to get a sense of how I write and how the book is organized, check out the sample chapter. And the bonus is that it's the chapter that's about Siri. And so you get my extensive list of Siri commands gathered from all over the internet. So whatever disability you have, it's not as if you're going to, you know, if you're, if you're a voiceover user, don't feel that you're, when you download the chapter, you're not going to get, you know, stuff about hearing impairments that aren't interesting to you. Everybody loves Siri. So, mm-hmm. chapter five is free. Awesome. Now, you've written the book. Do you ever find yourself going through stuff that you've written or, or else just experimenting with voiceover? Or we're going to use voiceover because we're coming from, well, for anything, actually, uh, motor, uh, hearing impairment or whatever. Do you ever just go through it and you go, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that it could do this. Do you ever find something that, that you didn't know that voiceover could do or, or any, anything that could do on the iDevice? I do. I mean, I'm I'm using the iDevice every day right. with with all these tools, and so I'm finding things, and I'm also keeping up on the internet and reading Apple Vis all the time. And so whenever mm-hmm. I find a good tip, what I do is I keep a lot of that stuff in a file for the next book. Uh, I don't have one off the top of my head I can give you, but I absolutely try to keep up with what's going on and you know take information from where it comes. And the same thing goes for the apps I recommend in the book. When I hear somebody say, "Well, this is a great Twitter client that works with Voiceover." I make note of that. I try to look at it if I can, and then it might end up in the back of the book in that chapter where I describe great accessible apps. So I'm I'm always trying to mop up new information and apply it to the next book. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of a strange question, but I don't even know if I could answer this for myself because there's so many apps out there. If you were to have a favorite, which one would you say that you've worked on the most, and uh, which uh, which is your favorite app that you really like to work on? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, obviously. Apps do so many different things. They sure do, um, yeah. I got to say, I'm I'm a voice stream reader fan, and the reason is one reason for that is I read a lot. I just I read a ton, and I have a workflow which I think a lot of people probably do, where when I find a link, I send it to Instapaper, and uh-huh. then Voiceover syncs from Instapaper. And so for me, I know that anytime I see a link to something, I don't have time to read. All I have to do is send it to Instapaper, and then later when I'm ready. It's sitting there for me in voice stream. I can choose the voice I want to read. And the other great thing is that because I'm using voice dream, because I'm using that, 
I'm able to quit the app and go do other things, and I'm not having to worry about whether I accidentally tap the phone and confuse voiceover. So I, I guess at the moment, because I do so much reading, Voice Dream Reader would be one of my favorites. I'm really happy that you said that because I really like Voice Dream Reader, and I, I use Instapaper as well. So, so that's really cool. I'm really glad to hear that. Well, I love the amount of feedback the developer of Voice Dream took and just made it into such an amazing app. I agree. Have you used the other apps that he has, the Voice Dream Writer and the Mail app? I've used the Voice Dream Writer just a little bit to see how it works, but I haven't used it extensively. And I, I love that it supports Markdown and things like that, but I uh, haven't played with it much yet. It's one of those that's on my list of, of things I want to get better at because I know when it first came out, a lot of people were pretty excited about it. And I it's on my list, but I haven't quite done as much with it as I would like. I've tried Mail. I think Mail could use some improvements. I'm so used to dictation. And I've gotten really, I think, pretty good at dictation. So I find that I don't really want to send voice mails <laughs> as such, rather than using dictation. I think the concept is interesting, and I hope they do some more improvements with it. But when I uh, dictate into a mail app or whatever app, I just, I'm so used to it now, I just go for it. What editor did you use to create your book? Well, this one uh, might not make everybody entirely happy. As I, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm low vision, so I use VoiceOver on the Mac sometimes, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And I use a tool called Text Wrangler, which is not VO compatible. Oh, yeah. I ran and into that. it's, that's, that's a very annoying thing. And the reason I do that is because at its heart, EPUB is a collection of XHTML documents. Mm -hmm. And for a number of reasons that are too detailed to go into here, but that I made a lot of podcasts about, I found that the best way to make the EPUB was to work in raw code because mm -hmm. there were too many tr problems with it. I started in pages and that didn't work and I used some other tools. So I've ended up using all these XHTML files and Text Wrangler is a great tool for doing that on the Mac. Now I will say that there's an app that does something similar on, there are a number of them, but there's the one I use on, on iOS called Textastic and that is accessible. And the idea is that you get a look at your document as code so that you can make sure that you're your tags and your links are all good and that you see your document in a hierarchical format. So wow. that's, uh, that's, that, that's my option for, for voiceover users. I, I would suggest on iOS, Textastic is a pretty good choice. Oh, very good. Um, I'll be checking into that because so far in terms of just wanting to make sure I know exactly what I've done for the format, I've been using Multi-Markdown Composer and that works pretty well and exports in a number of formats. I'm not sure if EPUB is one of them, but I don't know if it does the whole collection of documents type thing the way you mentioned, but um, if you have a multi-markdown, does allow you to do some quick and easy uh, markup without having to know a whole lot of code. I've heard a lot of people say good things about that, and markdown is another one of those things on my list I want to get more involved in because mm -hmm. I've, I'm an old HTML, XHTML user from way back, and so when I realized that that was what I needed to know for EPUB, I continued to think in those terms instead of in Markdown, and I haven't really explored the relationship between Markdown and EPUB, but it's just the kind of thing I would do on a rainy Saturday, so who knows? Uh -huh. so yeah. <laughs> Very cool. It's a rainy Wednesday here, so... It's, it's rainy here as well. Is it? You're <laughs> yes. In Dallas, is I'm it? I'm in or? Austin, Texas. Austin, okay. Well, I knew I was partially right. Got the right state anyway. Close enough. <laughs> um, it, it's absolutely sunny and in the 70s here it's gorgeous. gorgeous oh, it is so. not. Come on. Really? It, it really I can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I is, digress. Is there anything that you'd like to add, Shelley? And also I'd like to have you talk about your podcast a little bit, how they can subscribe and how they could get a hold of you if you'd like. 
Well, I just encourage people if they aren't sure whether this book is right for them, and it's in EPUB format, it's something like it's more than 600 pages, so it's quite a it's wow. quite a substantial uh, bit of meat. It's not a pamphlet, so I assure you that. But I but if you're not certain whether this is something that you're interested in, I, in, I would encourage you to download the sample chapter, and you can either download it right away uh, from my site and get the iOS 8 edition, or if you wait a few days for me. I'll get the update. But I think in either case, I haven't changed the overall structure of the book a great deal. I just added new things. So if you have any question, I encourage you to go look at that. I guess the only other thing is that I, I really do try to continue to revise and make the book better. So for the iOS 9 edition, for example, I got some really good feedback about the coverage I did of Braille screen input as well as Braille displays from people who do that stuff more than I do. So I'm I've been really open to hearing what people think. And so I encourage that. And I'm really active on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. So, you know, hit me up and your suggestions are, are most welcome. Um, as far as the podcast, I do, I'm involved in two shows. I am a panelist on the Mac Accessibility Roundtable, which is Josh Lioncourt's podcast with several other great uh, Mac folks. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, we talk about all things uh, Apple, Mac, and iOS. And it's, it's fairly freeform and uh, we have a good time. And We've been known to get a little snarky at times, which I think is a good thing. Then I also do a podcast called Parallel Podcast, which you can find at parallelpodcast.com. And what I do in that show is I get together two folks, one from the mainstream community and one from the disability community, because I don't think we talk enough. I think we either talk to ourselves as accessibility advocates or we talk to ourselves as tech people who are in the main, you know, in the mainstream world. And, and I don't think we talk enough. And so what I try to do on Parallel, we don't always talk about accessibility. It comes up. For example, the one of the shows I did recently, we talked about CES and we talked about what it was like for the people, my guests, to go to CES and participate. And accessibility came up, but it was not the main focus of the show. And so that, to me, is really important uh, that we sort of talk to each other as a, as a white, because we're all geeks. You know, we all enjoy technology. Oh, we yeah. just use it a little mm -hmm. differently. So, um, yeah encourage people to check that out. I need to get some more episodes put together. Now that I'm done with the book, I think I can get back to actually publishing every couple of weeks. Cool. I will subscribe and uh, this is going to be great. And that's what I, that's what I need is another podcast to listen to. But uh, I, I apologize. I, I know, know. how it is. Not, not, <laughs> not at all. I, I was talking to Jeff Bishop the other day and he gave me like three of them to subscribe to. So. Oh, swell. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, uh, I will give a listen and subscribe and I want to thank you for coming on. Congratulations on your selling of your book. Oh, and did we discuss price? It's $20 U.S., and it's uh, available via PayPal, but you don't have to have a PayPal account the way I've set it up. If you have a credit card, it'll go through the PayPal gateway. So $20 U.S., wherever you are, that also works for folks internationally. And that's at iOSaccessbook.com or in the iBooks store. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Hi, everybody. On Main Menu, I'm Randy Rusnak, and Jason Castingway is with me here. Yep, I'm not here. And, <laughs> and uh, sitting in with us is Carrie Schaefer, all the way from Arizona. Well, it might not be all the way, but uh, thank it you is. for sitting in. <laughs> it is, actually. Well, yeah, it is, but thank you for sitting in. Sure. Carrie is going to do some app demonstrations for us, so tell us a little bit about yourself before we begin. Um, well, I've been in the technology industry for quite a number of years, and um I actually was an assistive technology trainer for a while, and then I um, 
Yeah, then how come you couldn't help me with team talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. But yeah, I was an assistive technology trainer for a while, and then I kind of was let go of a job that I was at, and I'd been looking in the AT field for about a year to try to find it work, and I was like, you know, this is just not cutting it, so I decided to go... Uh, back to school and I uh, I have my bachelor's in liberal studies and I got my associate's degree in computer information systems in 2014. Um, yeah, I think about that for a second. And um, so I started working at a call center and I helped do tech support. So I have customers who call me and say that their cable isn't working and their TV's not working and their internet's not working and uh, fix it basically. And so I'm one of the folks who tries to help them fix it over the phone. And if we can't fix it, we send a technician out to resolve the issue. And sometimes that's the next day and sometimes it's a couple of days after that. And um, But I've always been interested in technology. And so um, I've, um, I'm actually totally blind. I've been totally blind um, pretty much since birth. Um, I was born, I was born four and a half months early and I was at four I'm sorry no I was born four and a half at four and a half months and I was a pound and 11 ounces when I was born so I was pretty tiny um, but I've always been interested in technology and so um, I mean I'm interested obviously in the the blindness part of it but I'm also just interested in technology in general and I'm also interested in doing um, when I got my associates in computer information systems I'm also I've got very involved and enjoy doing uh, programming and coding. And so I've done some like HTML and C sharp and um, cool. different things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy doing stuff like that. And so that's pretty much a little bit about me. It's something that, um, you know, some people say, oh, you know, um, I, I like the, f- I'm, I'm really glad that I actually went into uh, computer information systems because by taking a step back from just the blindness industry, I'm able to kind of get a different perspective on it. And then by doing just the programming and stuff that, you know, gives me a better shot at more jobs. And I, I learned really quickly that the AT um, trainer industry is, it's a good field, but it's a very small field. And so what happens is if people, uh, you know, they stay in their jobs and if they move, you know, don't want their job, you know, or not with their jobs anymore, then it's a very small um it's one of those things that you have to want to move every so many years to find another job somewhere else. And so it's like, no, I don't want to be moving every five years to mm-hmm. find a job. And, and as you know, Randy, it's a very, it, it, it is, I don't want to say pigeonholed industry at times, but it, but it can be that way. Well, that's really cool. Um, you have, you've accomplished a lot and uh, you're going to, you're going to go far, I think. And uh, that, that'll be great. Um, you're going to demonstrate a couple of apps that are not blindness-specific apps, and they sound really intriguing to me. And I have purposely not downloaded them to my phone because I, I wanted to hear uh, a demonstration of them. Not that I didn't want to download them, but I just wanted to wait until we got done with this so I could say, oh, i got to get these. i got to get these. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the good thing about these is they will work um, – they work with a lot of different things. So they work with PC, they work with Mac, they work with um, uh, NAS storage drives. Um, they connect to a lot of different things. And so the idea behind these is that you want to access your um, 
everything needs to be on the same network. So this would not be a good scenario if you were trying to, say, access your stuff, like, on the road. Um, unless you had all of your, you know, your, your hard drive and your stuff with you and you could, everything was on the same network, then obviously you could. But if you had your hard drive at home and you wanted to access it, it more than likely would not work because everything has to be on the same network. Yep, totally not cloud-based, totally no, PC-based, no. which is, uh, you know, in itself is really cool. So, um, Well, it's not what, necessarily PC-based, but it's, um, if you have like a, a hard drive that's just on your network, yeah. um, it will access that also. So, yep. it, you know, you can have a, I've got a USB uh, terabyte hard drive that's connected just to my laptop and I have a, like a card reader with an SD card that's attached to it with something with some stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll even just connect directly to, since it connects to your computer anyway, it will, if you've got stuff just on like your C drive or something, it will access that too, which is really cool. So the whole idea is to be able to, with the, um, there's two apps yeah. and they're both made by the same company. And I think it's Stratus. Stratospheric, yep, Stratospheric. I guess is how you say it, so if I say it wrong, it's... Well, JAWS uh, (laughs) tends to butcher things, and so does NVDA and every other screen reader, so... And so does VoiceOver, so yeah. Yeah, of course (laughs) it does. We really want to throw that in there, too. Yeah, for Um, years I thought your name was Schaffer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I I knew it wasn't, but that's the way it pronounces it. I know it does. It's it's crazy. So there's there's two different two different apps. One will essentially do similar. So like there's one that's called File Browser. Um, there's a free version of that one, which is File Browser Lite, which will allow you to just test to make sure that your devices are able to get connected successfully. But I don't think you can actually stream anything, or if you can, it's very limited. It's it's like maybe I don't know four or five different tries to make sure that you can actually get into something and, and stream it. Um, but that one will allow you to, like, let's say you have PDFs and you want to view your PDFs on your phone or iPad or whatever. You can do that. Or let's say if you had Word on your phone or something and you wanted to view a Word document or something. I don't remember all of the formats that it supports, so I'm probably missing something there. But... Um, you can, you know, view like PDFs, words, PowerPoints, you know, things like that, um, all of your files, and you can also move things around. So what's really cool is if you've got, you know, stuff on your um, hard drive, you can also, if you've got something on, let's say you've got a Word document on your computer and you really need it on your phone or your, your iPad, um, it has its own space that you could move that file into and then go to um, that space and say share that with say voice stream reader or voice stream writer or you know pages just as an example or word or you know excel or whatever um, so that what was really the intrigue for me was because there's times where you're like I really just do not want to fight with iTunes and I do not want to do this and that mm-hmm. And then you've got that ability to, uh, to do that. You can move files to your device from wherever they're at, if they're on a hard drive or your computer or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Um, and then Music Streamer is also made by them. And the idea behind that is it's a... Um, I don't want to categorize it as an MP3 player, but essentially it's like a lot of different things that are out there, but it's that company's version of... 
and I forget all. I'm sure there. I'm sure in the description of the app, if I go find it, I'm sure it says all of the different. I don't remember if they play OG files, but they play all the typical like MP3s and stuff like that, and WAV files, and I I don't know, probably some video stuff and that yeah. I can't think of. Well, if you go over to their site, um, or well, if you actually um, look at the description on your mm-hmm. iPhone through the App Store, and uh, that's Music Streamer, and both words are capitalized, you will find a really good description. So if you have the chance, go look it up, and because uh, we just can't remember everything. <laughs> no, there's a lot of stuff. What's really cool, like I said, is you can actually stream that stuff and not have to be on your have have device. anything stored on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it streams directly from your computer to your phone is the basic idea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, have you got that to work uh, yet? Have you tried it out yes. to, to work? Really? Yes, and it does work. Okay, and it's accessible yep. and everything? Oh, yeah. Okay. The interface sometimes is a little bit clunky, but, you know, I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yes. Now, it is. is it fairly hard to set up, or is it fairly easy? Does it find your? Uh, how do you actually get into uh, set it up from your computer to your phone, or your iPad? Um, whatever? What you do is when you log into when you go when you open the app for the first time, it tells you there's an option where you can scan your network mm-hmm. for different like PCs and network drives and things like that, and then it finds it, and then you have to um, put in your credentials. So if you didn't set up any credentials, like a password or a you know, computer name, or let's say you have a NAS storage drive or something like that, if you don't have anything, obviously you don't put anything in the username in the password box. But if you set up, say, your computer so that you log in every time when you log into, say, Windows or the Mac, um, you would need to put in whatever credentials you set up. So you would put in your username and your password. It doesn't save your credentials, though. So if you log in now, and let's say you completely close. When you close the app, it doesn't remember your credentials? No. Okay. okay. So if you had a Microsoft account, for instance, will, would you have to use that? Um, I don't know. Um, okay. Like I said, whatever you use to log into your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you set up your computer with just like, you know, say your first name and your last name and then you had a password, mm-hmm. um, yep. you would, that's what you would use. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So would you uh, would you care to do a little demonstration of uh, Music Streamer? Sure. And like I said, the interfaces are pretty much um, the same, what I figured out. Mm-hmm. So it's just pretty much, you know, the tabs are a little maybe slightly different, but the interface is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. Unlock button. Music and I actually have it already, I think, kind of set up. So I'm going to go into file browser just to... Now, if you're setting this up on a PC, you will need to go into um, property. Um, you'll need to whatever you're going to be sharing. So if you have a hard drive connected or let's say you have your, you know, your my documents folder, you need to go into um, right click on the whatever you want to share and go to properties and then go to sharing with the tabs and then go to advanced sharing options and there's a checkbox there that says share this folder and you <coughs> click okay and then and you can do that with a whole entire drive if you want to what if um, you were just sharing one drive let's say your uh your master you know your your mm-hmm. main 
uh, like a terabyte drive. How would you how would you do that to a terabyte drive? Um, I did it with a USB terabyte drive. I just whatever letter your drive is, you right click it, go on properties, and then go to sharing and go to advanced sharing, and then check the box that says share this. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which now I I have no idea how to do this on a Mac. So somebody else will have to help check that out because I have no idea. Okay. Um, and I haven't played with it on my boot camp on my uh, Mac side of my boot camp. So I, know I don't know. On the know. Mac, you can you can do a Command I on a drive or a folder, and uh, somewhere in there there's a sharing checkbox, uh, or you can go to System Preferences under Sharing and go to the File Sharing tab and make some adjustments there. As to what oh, folders you want to share. Apparently, this yeah. got updated, so I want to show you. Okay, so the first time you open it, it's going to say tap scan to find network machines. You can continue. So I'm going to scan. And then this is the first screen that you get. Computer drive. Cloud. Manual setup. And. I want to do computer or drive. And Mac, PC, NAS, Toshiba, some other Toshiba hard drive. And it will do FTP. Oh, yeah. Go to PC. Scanning now or select manual setup. And it's scanning. Close button. Back button. In progress. Still thinking. Back button. In progress. Help button. And in progress. Still back button. Scanning here. So I'm still waiting for it to In progress. Back button. Close button. Scanning now or select manual setup. And Close button. Back button. In progress. Help button. Manual setup. Button. Ready share button. Oh. Carry shopper. There it is. Okay, so I didn't scroll far enough. It found it. Just took a while. So that's me. Enter username and password for carry shop account name. Text field is editing. Word mode. Insertion point at start. Carry shopper dimmed button. Help button. Carry shopper dimmed button. Account name. Text field is editing. Word mode. Ready share dimmed button. Password secure. Text so I have to put in. Text field is editing. Carry shopper dimmed button. Account name. Text field is editing. Word mode. Insertion. Start. So it wants me to put in my username. And I'll do that now. And then. Secure. Text. Okay. Double tap to edit. Password. Secure. Text field. Is editing. Word mode. Insertion point at start. Insertion point at edit. There we go. More. No shit. And I'm going to put my password in Connect. here. Connect button. There. Connect. I'm connecting. Carry shopper. Heading. And I'm... Add share button. Carry shopper. Heading. Okay. Add share. Edit button. Locations. Heading. Add button. Tap F. Tap J. Okay. So right now I have two different drives that it sees because I've okay. shared them. Users. So, so like, let's say if I go to my F drive, and then it's I'm just flicking through the screen. Yeah. Don't know idea how that. 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 Y
Lucille Ball, June mm. file contact folder, OTR, June 7, 2000, file contact folder, down to the file contact folder. So like if I go into one of these, and these are MP3s actually, so I can show you. So this is what's really cool is that if you just want this one app, it'll do, I'm going to click on this. And this is a, a radio drama, and I'm like streaming it to my iPad right now, and this is on a flat uh, SD card connected to my computer. Cool. So it, it's you're in file browser right now, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it sounds like you don't even necessarily need music streamer to be able to stream. No, you don't have to, but it's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the advantage would be. Maybe... Uh, I, guess, I guess just a cheaper way, if somebody doesn't want the entire file browser to do all sorts of other files, they can just get Music Streamer? Exactly. Okay, very cool. Okay. And it's got Next Track. And it just changed. Cool. No, those those pop sounds are they in your um, are they in your app? No, it's the speaker. I'm trying to turn it up because it's the quality is not as clear. So, okay. Sorry, my fault. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, back 15 seconds. Um, Go to previous track button. Let me see if it'll just work. Go to previous track. Go to previous track. Okay, so in the file browser, the previous track works. For whatever reason, I was having trouble with the previous track in Music Streamer, getting it to work the way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. This one works. Um, Skip back 15 uh, seconds. Pause. Button. Skip forward 15 seconds. Button. Go to next track. Button. Because this track. is a folder that has multiple stuff in here, mm -hmm. you can skip. Go to next track. And... I'm Jacob. Go to next track. So, yeah, and I can two fingers stop it, What's two it? fingers start it. Hi there. I'm mm -hmm. Jacob, and you're so, yeah, let me turn this down so it's not blaring at us. And we've got play. Button. play. Yeah, back 15 seconds. Button. You can skip 15 go seconds, to go to previous track. Um, it's got an audio album. The up pointing triangle, I'm not exactly sure what that does. Down pointing triangle, button. 23, uh, it shows you how much time's left. Zero, seven. How much time is you've gone through. So it's how much... I'm flicking the opposite direction. Probably not the best way to explore this. Tells you what the name is. And... And so there's it, there's a the screen is kind of a lot kind of cluttered. Um, and then if you want to change anything, you would actually go. No, I don't want to do that. Let's see. Let me cancel. Select button. That. Yeah. You know, sometimes it can be a little cluttered. Um, let's see. Oh, and, and then there's a back button. 
Yeah, and sometimes apps, too, with flicking, it'll behave differently than if you just explore by touch and see what's there. It's like, I've noticed sometimes flicking will give you information that's not actually on the screen, but that, you know, that was on the screen. Mm -hmm. It's it's really weird. Or sometimes you can't flick at all. It's strange how that happens sometimes. Yeah. I have an idea that music streamer is a little less cluttered than file browser's screen would be. Is that correct? In some cases, yes. And in some cases, you know, it's you're you're going to just get media controls and then obviously you're going to get kind of like the tabs across the bottom like you do here where you've mm-hmm. got the scan um, and then you've got the um, so it does look um, I actually have music streamer oh. but let me go back music I've got Contact that open. actually music streamer next track button. Uh, next track button. and when you have something button. you have a next track um, the audio folder setup menu. So, so it tells you like what your directory is, where you're at. I can click play. And this is on my hard drive. And so I've got that just play hold list. And it tells you I'm just flicking to the right. You can adjust the speed if you really want to. I don't know why that says it's selected, but it is. Um, and let me see if I can actually get the previous... Yeah, you did. Uh, it started it, but it won't go... No. Let me see if then. There it goes. So I'm just skipping. So I'm just skipping through here. Next track. Next track. So I'm just skipping through. Now, Jason, I'll bet you're going to be spending a little money. <laughs> <laughs> I already have File Browser. I just haven't played with it very much, so this has been helpful to just get oh, me to okay. learn about it. But um, uh, if they both music stream, I, I like knowing that I could access the other files, so I might stick with File Browser, but uh, it's nice to know that there's music streamer. I don't know why they put the next track at the top, but they did. So, um, so if you play one track, will it skip to the next one automatically, or will it just is it will just play the one? And do you have to like select a certain? Uh, no, I think it. I I haven't finished one to be honest with you, but I think it would if you because there's an option we're to playing, play the album. We're playing all day. <laughs> yeah, why. well, no, it, there's an option that says play album, so you could just play uh-huh. it, and then I think it would play everything in in order. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay. Um, but you have the option to next track, previous track. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, this is very good. Yeah, I'm really impressed with how much functionality both apps seem to provide right on the screen there for jumping around or searching, uh, going back to certain things. That's terrific. Carrie, it's been great having you as a guest, and we appreciate your time in speaking with us. If you have anything you'd like to demo in the future, please keep in touch. Let us know. Thanks. <laughs> Before we end this, I would just like to say I think Hound is incredibly cool. And to show you something that I find really interesting is you can translate into other languages. Okay, Hound. 
translate into German. Thank you for listening to Main Menu. You have been a very great listening audience. I'm glad you heard this demonstration. This is Randy Rusnak speaking. Vielen Dank für das Hauptmenü hören Sie gesprochen haben eine sehr große Hörerschaft. Ich bin froh, Sie diese Demonstration zu hören ist als Randy Riesnick. And there you have it, in German. I wish I could speak it as well. I can barely speak English. <clears throat> Let me try. This is Randy Rusnak speaking. All right, there you have it. Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. If you'd like to learn more about it, go to mainmenu.acbradio.org. It airs every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern and repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen at acbradio.org mainstream, use the ACB Link app, or call by phone 605-475-8130. If you'd like to send us feedback, email mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can follow us on Twitter at mainmenu. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.